0: cheerio the jets are headed across the pond to take on the falcons in london can gangrene win two in a row we preview the game and make our picks our special guest is the best jet to ever do it hall of fame qb the iconic broadway joe joe Namath. support up a cup of tea and take flight it's time for a new gang's all here from the new york post
1: you play to win the game
0: Welcome back to Gangs All Here, our Jets podcast from the New York Post. Jake Brown alongside Brian Costello. Follow us on Twitter at Jake Brown Radio at Brian Cos. Subscribe on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get podcasts. But go on to Apple Podcasts right now. Give us a five star rating and write in a nice review. We appreciate your support as we drop two episodes every week. Also, subscribe to Post Sports Plus, free for the first 30 minutes days check that out we have a special show today because we are joined it's like an annual tradition a tale as old as time here in year three of gangs all here by none other than broadway joe joe Namath will join us in about 10 to 15 minutes looking forward to catching up with joe after a jets win perfect time to have a mon cause because zach wilson had his best game and joe Namath knows something or two about big games on the new york scene i guess we got to start with you going to london now the jets play the falcons a 9 30 a.m wake up call on sunday cause an early game we'll see if i can wake up for kickoff in time uh, jake might get the first half yeah we'll see after saturday night we'll see what i'm doing maybe i'll have to make it a low-key saturday night and a netflix and chill night and not go out you're making the trip you're flying You know, we're recording Wednesday. You're flying on Wednesday. Have you looked into what spots you're going to go to? Where you're going to eat? What's the plan?
1: I have a reservation for Saturday night at a place with someone from the NFL that I'm going out with. Connor Hughes of the Athletic Fame has he told he texted me yesterday. He he has a few spots, so I haven't done much research, Jake. I'll be honest. When we went there in 2015, I did not love the food scene in London very much. A lot of I've heard it's not
0: very good. Yeah, a lot
1: of fried food jake which i'm okay with fried food look at me i'm okay with that but sorry doc but i don't want fried food every single meal and every single day and it was like there was not a lot of alternatives a good indian food there i do remember that so i'll probably hit an indian restaurant at some point but uh yeah this is not a trip jake where i'm really really looking forward to the restaurant scene here
0: dr corleone wouldn't be too happy orlando
1: Orlandone.
0: Gorgonzola yeah. or Orlandoni? Cor- yeah,
1: Corleone, the godfather, <laughs> Jake? <Are> we-
0: yes. <laughs> the doc father. Uh, that's what we call him. Uh, listen to this. Not much fried food. Yeah, my dad used to go to London a lot for work and was not in love with the food there. I guess there's. And also, you're not renting a car, which is good because I would not be able to get used to the driving on the other side of the road. Well, the other side of the road,
1: very- you're also on the other side of the car like the passenger seat there is the driver's seat that like right so like yeah it's i couldn't do that yeah you're i i don't i wouldn't want to risk that jake yeah so i'll i will take public transportation whenever possible
0: yeah i can't picture being the passenger and like turning the music while i should and then looking up at the road and realize i'm not actually driving (laughs) that would throw me off every time uh you know we'll see if you come back with a british accent as well i would love to see uh british (laughs) cause on the next episode of the show As we will record it, the times are going to be weird. It's Sunday. We're going to figure it out, but the show will be out for Monday. So stay tuned for that. And, uh, you know, a guy who unfortunately was driving on the right side of the road with the wrong intentions is Marcus May. You like that transition. Uh, charged with a DUI uh, after a car crash. Can you give us the details on this bizarre situation?
1: It's not that bizarre, Jake. It was pretty standard DUI when I, when I looked at it, <laughs> especially for some of the ones we've had through the years where someone drove, you know, Dylan Donahue driving the wrong way in the Lincoln Tunnel and all of Robbie Anderson's escapades a few years ago so. The weird thing is that it, w- it happened in February. It didn't come out till now. Um, ESPN discovered it and then we all followed. Um, that's unusual. Usually it comes out quicker. But yeah, I mean, Marcus May was in Florida where he lives, and he he hit another car, and he kept going, and then they found him a little bit up the road. He had pulled, he was on the side of the road. They discovered vomit in the car. They smelled alcohol, uh, so they charged him. You know, I think it's three charges, including DUI. And there's a hearing on October 20th, a Zoom hearing. We'll see how that plays out. But obviously, the Jets have a situation with Marcus May uh, in terms of whether they commit to him long-term and they didn't commit to him this this offseason, and it doesn't seem like they're going to commit to him. And now this plays a role in that. Because I, I was one who – I was a proponent of signing Marcus May, and one of my arguments was always that he'd done everything right as a Jet. And oh, now, more.
0: now that, that argument's now out the window. So – yeah, you I know, mean, I know, don't know how you think about considering it after this. How do you not report this? I mean, there's discipline, yeah. disciplinary actions for not reporting it, you know, on top of the DUI and or getting arrested. I mean – those two things combined, I'd be shocked if they considered it. And uh, I'm just waiting for his agent, Eric Burkhart, to tweet about this one. You know, he had the whole tweet saying, uh, you know, he'll be back just in time for the trade deadline. Well, I don't know. You could tell me, but there, maybe there's a chance he doesn't play this year.
1: No, there's no chance he doesn't play this year. It's a DUI, Jake. Like, this happens all the time in the NFL. Well,
0: for not reporting it, you don't think and, he'll no. get
1: suspension from the NFL for that? Not right away. Like, they'll, okay. they'll adjudicate it. Like, if, any, if he faces any any punishment, it'll be next year. It's not gonna. Ha- it's not gonna affect this year. They they let they let the whole justice system play out before they do anything. And yeah, like not reporting it, it might add a game or something like that to it. I would think, but that's not. They're not gonna kick them to the curb for the season or anything like that.
0: It just blows my mind, athletes. I mean, I get it. You want to drive your own car back, but like you have so much money, to just Uber car service, anything that it just. Every time I hear one of these stories, I'm like. You could have just left your car and got it tomorrow or something. You could always just go back and get it. I know these are probably $250,000 cars that they're driving, but just go get it tomorrow. Like, it'll still be there. Yeah, and I mean, I'm not 100% sure because I haven't checked on this in
1: a while, but the NFL did have a service for a long time, Jake. That was, like, before Uber. Like, you could call, and they would send somebody to go get to pick you up, basically, wherever you were. So. But, yeah, I mean, my opinion is, you know, there's never been an excuse for driving drunk for anybody. But really, in 2021, there's really, really, really no excuse for driving drunk for anyone because anyone can Uber. And you're right. And especially if if money's not really a problem for you. He screwed up. He screwed up royally. And, you know, it's probably going to cost him.
0: And the Jets are 1-0 without him so far. They're looking to win their second straight game as they cross the pond. To London. And, you know, this is a winnable game for them, Kaz. They go up against the Falcons. The Falcons are three point favorites. Their offense at times is explosive. They had a kind of a gut wrenching loss to Taylor Heineke, who continues to find ways to win games. I mean, this guy deserves some respect. He's going to get a contract. I mean, he's filled in as a backup and done a really good job, but, you know, they, they squeaked by the G- Giants uh, as their only win. What do you think about this game? I think the Jets might have a shot to win this one. You don't have to worry about the fans over there. It's, I would imagine it's going to be a Decent amount of Jets fans over in London. It's a Falcons home game. Uh, What do you think about this game?
1: Yeah, you know the funny thing about the fans, Jake, that I remember from when the Jets played there in 2015. The fans that go to this game are NFL fans, and in England, if you if you're rooting, you're they're basically NFL fans. So you'll see jerseys from every team in that stadium. You know, there's gonna be a guy with a Jaguars jersey on. There's gonna be a guy with a Raiders jersey on. There'll be Giants jerseys. Like they they're just fans of the NFL, and they get a couple games a year, so they go to it. Their biggest cheers of the game. Jake R. for the punts. They love the punts. Like they're soccer people. That's what I think is ingrained in them. So they'll like they go nuts when there's a punt and not necessarily when there's a 70-yard touchdown. In terms of the game, Jets definitely have a good chance of winning this game. I mean, the Falcons aren't good. This is a team that's in their weight class, you know, and that's kind of like they, they haven't played many of those. This is a team that's that's struggling as well. I'm leaning Falcons in this game, but I definitely, I wouldn't be surprised if the Jets come out and win this one.
0: Yeah, well, the Falcons have allowed an NFL worst 32 points per game and that's a lot considering they Only gave up 14 in one of them to the Giants. So that shows you just how bad their defense is that it's still at 32 despite one of the games giving up only 14. Their front seven's not great. Zach Wilson's going to have a chance here. Hopefully have some time and can improvise again and it'll be at Tottenham Hotspur stadium. What's like the vendor food in there? Are you people eating bratwurst is it just hot dogs, pretzels and chicken fingers? What are they got? I'm
1: not I'm not sure if it's Harry M. Stevens. Jake, I'm not sure if if, if, he, if he has Tottenham. Are you a soccer guy, Jake? I'm not a big soccer
0: guy, no. Me, me not a big either. football so- guy
1: them yeah, either so our podcast listeners will get no insight into Tottenham I've like there's been some like you could tell they're like the soccer people Jake they're kind of like uh they're a different breed and a few I've had a few of them oh where are they playing and I say and they there's a reaction to it but I can't really understand what the reaction is and maybe I'll figure that out when I'm over there but because in 15 it was at Wembley and that was a cool experience in Wembley Stadium but but yeah so I'll, I'll tell you all about Tottenham when I when I go there
0: there'll probably be some old Michael Vick jerseys there and oh. uh, Julio Jones I'm sure and uh other Tebo jerseys i see tebow jerseys
1: every week at jets games though which is amazing
0: he was that that dude i have a tebow broncos jersey that i will wear around the story sometimes everyone has some affinity for tebow whose uh coach down there uh might not be lasting much longer the urban meyer controversy how about that by the way can
1: i hit on something there jake because i tweeted this last night too but like there was this storyline that drove me kind of crazy last year when there was a thought that you know the Jets would get the number one pick and take Trevor Lawrence, and there and there was people like, will Trevor Lawrence pull a Peyton Manning and or an Eli Manning and refuse to go there, refuse to play for the Jets and you know, Peyton went back to school supposedly to avoid the Jets. And there was all this talk, like the Jaguars are as much or, and at last year are were as much of a mess as the Jets. And they seem to have become a worse mess. <laughs> now this year with Urban Meyer, no one said, and like no one said that then when the Jaguars became the number one pick, no one was like, Oh, well, will Trevor Lawrence try to avoid Jacksonville. Like that wasn't a story at all. But when the Jets were there was some of this, that kind of crap, like, is just like what like I don't understand like I'm not a big Jets defender but on that one that was wrong and now it looks funny because he went to Jacksonville and I have never in my my career Jake heard of a head coach not returning with the team like not flying home with the team like there's some instances where a player will stay behind for a personal reason or something I've never heard of a head coach though not returning with his team
0: he seemed scared he was scared to be around them they were all laughing at him apparently When he did the, you know, I guess fake kind of apology to the team, and you go zero four, you lose a heartbreaking game. Like the coach's job is
1: to to kind of lift the team up. Like you gotta you gotta fix that. And I realized it was a Thursday game, so you can't just um, you know, see you guys. I'll see you Monday. I'm gonna take the weekend off now. Like that's not how it works in the NFL. These guys work around the clock. These coaches trying to figure stuff out.
0: Urban Meyer. uh Got to put it, put his hands away. That's, that video was uh, wild. Robert Sal is in a much better place uh, with, with Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson is loving uh, being a Jet right now because that is an awkward situation. Zach Wilson might get Elijah Moore back this week, right?
1: Yeah. it's uh, When we talked to Robert Sala on Monday, he said it was trending toward that Elijah Moore would come out of the concussion protocol soon. I'm curious, Jake, where Moore fits in on this offense because, to me, he's a slot receiver. Um, And they've been playing him outside, and I think they're playing him out of position, and I think that's why he hasn't had – a lot of production early on the problem with putting me a slot is you have jameson crowder right and we saw crowder had a good game last week i, I think i think if you're the jets you're, you're trying to trade crowder in the next month and clear that spot for elijah moore because i think right now as good a player as jameson crowder is he's a progress stopper for elijah moore he's not part of the future here so i, I think you know that's something to keep an eye on
0: i have the carrot. just put four receivers out there every time and call it a day because you have two guys in the slot and And then Denzel Mims on the outside, bring him back as a as a a blocker, not a receiver. (laughs) Great block! He threw some great blocks in the game, Jake. On his ten plays, Uh, can you imagine being Denzel Mims?
1: These guys jerking you around like this, and you get like... and I'm sure I'm not saying he is doesn't bear some blame in this whole thing. because I'm sure he does. I'm sure he did some stupid things that pissed the coaches off, but like they finally make him active and they put him in for 10 plays and no target him once. And like five of them were runs. I think
0: maybe they're easing him in. Maybe, maybe in London, watch, watch him take off in London. It takes another country for Denzel Mims to, uh, to play his best game watch it's gonna happen he's gonna have like a big touchdown catch or hail mary touchdown i'm calling it now denzel mims big play in
1: at this point if he catches a pass for 15 yards there's gonna be a parade i can't imagine how much i've written about a guy like his one catch we've spilled a lot of ink on denzel mims and i think there's gonna be more this week because uh, i do think he's scheduled to meet with the media this week for the first time in a while
0: wonder what he's gonna have to say uh jets falcons sunday nfl network 9 a.m tottenham Hot Spurs Stadium. Love that name. Greg Gumble and Adam Archuleta on the call. The spread is around three right now for the Falcons. Over under is around forty five and a half. Kaz, you said you're leaning towards the Falcons. What's your point?
1: Yeah, I'm I'm I think the Falcons are gonna win this pretty handily jake i just think think the jets defense is due for a letdown game you know they've been playing so well i I don't know i just don't think they can can keep playing like this i'm gonna go falcons 33 jets 17.
0: wow he is just going all the way Falcons. i'm going to take the jets i think they uh pumped me up last week i saw a lot better offensive football i saw the defense come up in big spots and they put pressure on Tannehill, I think if they could put pressure on Matt Ryan, they'll be in a good spot. He's obviously not a mobile quarterback. The Falcons' defense has been the worst in the league, so it'll give Wilson a chance to get the ball down the field. And I think if they could get Elijah Moore back, I think that's big. Despite them, you know, having two slot guys. I think the more the merrier at this point, because injuries during the game also happen. So I'm taking the Jets 20 to 17 in London. Let's go. Jets make it two and three and then they'll have their bye before they get in the Patriots and Bengals. So we'll see an interesting stretch here. If they go into a bye on a two-game win streak. It, it kind of sucks you get a bye because you want to be riding hot, but it's still a great feeling, and then they get some guys who are banged up back, and uh, we'll see what happens. Looking forward to that. Kaz, checking in with you from London after the game. But joining us next here on Gangzilla here is a Jets icon. It's Broadway Joe. Joe, Namath. Joining us now on Gang's All Here's a friend of the program and the greatest Jet player in franchise history, quarterback the Jets to their only Super Bowl title back in the 1968 season, the 1969 Super Bowl 3. After guaranteeing a victory over the Baltimore Colts, where he was the Super Bowl MVP, he's a member of the Pro Football Hall of Fame class in 1985, was a jet for 11 seasons, threw for over 27,000 yards and 173 touchdowns in his illustrious 13-year career. He became a New York and national icon for his style, personality, and swagger, earning the classic nickname Broadway Joe. Let's welcome back to Gangs All Here, <laughs> the pride of Beaver Falls, PA, the iconic number 12 Joe Namath. <laughs> Good morning, Joe. It's Jake Brown and Kaz. How you doing?
2: I'm doing well, thank you. Good morning, Cos and Jake. Boy, that was some intro. <laughs> Listen,
0: I, I, uh, you know, I start Jake, that off I, with you. You know, I got to give you a grand introduction, Joe.
2: You know what, Jake? Uh, one thing jumped out at me. I appreciate all those other uh, accolades or whatever, but uh, I actually uh, was able to stay in, uh, with the Jets for 12 years. You see, that 12 has been a, a good number for me. Oh. So, it was 12 years with the Jets and the last year, the 13th, out there with the Graham.
0: So there you go. Look at that. He's taking my job, Cod.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: gave. Well, you
2: know, really, what it goes back to, Jake, is it starts with my mother. She was born in 19. 19- Twelve and twelve, wow. lucky number
0: for me. Wow. Yeah. Okay, I didn't realize that's where it came from. It's good to know you, you're all over the place, and now you are part of a a new restaurant in Jupiter called Charlie and Joe's at Love Street, the hottest new restaurant in South Florida. And I saw you were wearing a uh, you know the pink wig, which is a good look for you, Joe. Uh, to support you know <laughs> breast cancer awareness month. Tell us about the new restaurant.
2: Oh well, well the restaurants are terrific. We have a great team there. We got well over two hundred employees, and uh, you know it, it still sounds corny to some. But besides life being a team game business, is a team game too, man. So uh, things are going well uh, over at the restaurant. But uh, the main thing right now is uh, this month and uh, breast cancer month and. All of us around the country, a lot of us around the country, and hopefully more folks will recognize that and bring awareness to uh, an awful disease and help raise some funds for science. So that that's what we're doing this month.
1: Joe, it's, uh, it's Brian over here. Good to talk to you again. I'm just curious. I think every Jets fan wants to know, Joe, what have you thought of Zach Wilson through these first four games?
2: Well, nothing's perfect, you know. Uh, (laughs) We all go through games. Uh, We have our ups and downs. Hopefully, more than up. Zach is improving, and once again, uh, old hat. But it's a team game, and it looks like that defense Sunday did a did a heck of a job. They seemed to me that they had more pep in their step. They seemed quicker. But Zach, uh, boy, some of the plays that he made were sensational. He showed one of the reasons that the Jets thought he was uh, worthy of taking for the long run. And with that movement that he has, able to throw off balance, all those kind of things. And being cool under pressure, he did a lot of good things Sunday. Once again, it wasn't perfect. But man, it was refreshing, to say the least, to have that victory.
0: Cos compares him a little bit to Brett Favre. Do you see a little Brett Favre? Far than him, or is it too early to tell, Joe?
2: Well, he's got a better release than Brett, uh, as far as passing the football. Uh, and and, and not, hey, Brett's one of the all-time best. So excuse me, but uh, I, I get technical when I when I look at some things. And uh, Brett was remarkable with his second and third effort uh, on the field. He's stronger. Brett was a uh, uh, stronger physically, size-wise. He may have even had more heat on the ball, and and Zach has terrific heat throwing the ball. He has right, he has good speed on the ball velocity, and he adjusts it nicely, can put air under it, and, and drop it in places. So comparing him to Brett, I think we're a little early with that even Zach's going to get stronger physically um uh, but uh, yeah as far as moving around I think Zach's a little bit quicker uh, I think he's a, he's a little quicker than Brett but once again you're talking about one of the all-time great players and Brett Favre and not uh Comparing to him, (laughs) let's not go that far, Joe. Joe,
1: I'm curious. You you see with Zach, his ability to make the plays when things break down, and and, you know he had the two long throws on Sunday where he kind of improvised and made things happen. You know those throws are great and they're fun to watch, and you know great for fans, and obviously they they, they result in big plays. But he also needs to be kind of be able to operate inside the offense and do exactly what the coaches want at times to get the offense running. How do you balance that? You know. you're coaching him. How do you balance trying to, like well, Robert Sala said a few weeks ago, trying to play a little bit more boring football, take some short throws, but also not take out of him what made him the number two pick in the draft, which is this ability to kind of make some magic happen, um, you know, outside the pocket.
2: You know, I can only, uh, while you're asking that, I'm thinking about myself as a rookie. And I was a heck of a different player in my third, second, third year, fourth year, when, you know, uh, Zach is still fresh seeing the kind of speed that takes place out there with regular season play in the big league you know there's nothing comparable uh, in college you could take the best college team in, in the country and they're not going to beat the, the last place team in pro football the animals are just bigger faster smarter more speed uh, more experience so let's say the experience factor is the only thing that i see that he's lacking Zach is lacking at this time and he's getting the opportunity as a rookie to get experience and plus playing uh, with a team that also can use some improvement in a lot of positions. So I think they're they're extremely happy. I mean, I, I'm happy to see how Zach's playing. He hasn't made every throw. Again, we all miss on occasion. Uh, but uh, man, it's the experience factor against the beast. Uh, weekly that he's facing, and if he can stay healthy, he'll continue to grow, and he's got a great career ahead of him.
0: You were with Coach Sala a few weeks ago uh, at the facility. What are your impressions of him so far?
2: I like him. I've liked him uh, since San Francisco, the years he was out there. He didn't get to talk much, so I didn't know him, but getting to meet him and visit with him, uh, watch his demeanor uh, at practice, also throughout the game, I like him. Uh, He wouldn't be in that position. Uh, if he wasn't a very good coach. And uh, I just go back again to Joe Douglas and hoping that he can bring the players in that are a little bit better maybe or more competition for the players that we have there now.
1: Joe, just going back to you talking about how the players are faster at the NFL level, you have a memory of when that hit for you as a rookie when you realized what the speed was like and how it was a little bit different than when you were at Alabama?
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I remember a specific uh, time, a, spe- a specific occasion. We're getting ready to play the Houston Oilers and our scouting reports. Uh, we were going over with the scouting report uh, in the offensive room and they uh, described their strong safety as a, a big hitter, but he lacked in speed. And uh, during that game that we played, semi threw a ball I thought was good, but man, out of nowhere, how he caught up, I don't know but he did that guy happened to be right now he has been in the hall of fame kenny houston wow they, they said he they said he was big our scouting report said he was big but lacked in speed well 50 percent of it was right you know he was big <laughs> <laughs> but man he could run and uh yeah that's the first thing that jumps out and, And then uh, the two guys in the middle of the Kansas City defense, well, the three guys, Willie Lanier, Buckview, Cannon, and boy, uh, Ernie Ladd, you know, they were just uh, three beasts. So getting uh, used to those kind of guys and and the defensive ends, uh, some of them certainly let you know verbally how they (laughs) felt about things. And, uh, the speed, yeah, the speed was was the speed, the quickness, and the size. It's it's a different ball game.
0: Does the game today watching, Joe, does it bother you a little bit when there's a taunting call, when a guy spikes a ball at the ground? Like, he's not taunting the turf, Joe. Like, you know, some of these penalties seem like people call it the no-fun league sometimes. Is it frustrating for you as an old-time player to see how the game has changed?
2: No, it's enjoyable for me. And, and I saw a call last week uh, over an opponent's side I didn't really think that was taunting. I thought the player just completed the play and slammed the ball down because he's so damn happy. So some of them are questionable, these taunting calls. Yeah. I can remember uh, for the first time when Billy White Hughes-Johnson was doing a dance in the end zone. And uh, the earliest coach that came out with a statement that stuck for a long time to this day, actually, Vince Lombardi said, when you get in that touchdown, when you score a touchdown, act like you've been there before. (laughs) (laughs) So I get a kick out of that every time I see it. But I've enjoyed some of the celebrations. They're different different animals different when i say animals that's not in a, a negative fashion we're all animals uh, they're, they're different uh, people that have been raised in a different society and they like to show their their, their enthusiasm and so it's it, for the most part enjoyable
1: how about roughing the passer joe like i i'm always like amazed at all the roughing the passer <laughs> calls now and i'm looking i'm looking at my phone and i just called up the photo of, of ben davidson hitting you and i'm gonna guess he didn't get a penalty. Um, But, you know, everyone, kids out there, Google Ben Davidson, Joe Namath, and you'll find a a photo of Ben Davidson basically knocking Joe's head off. What do you think of of how quarterbacks are protected now? I imagine you're a fan of it, and you probably wish it was that way in 1967,
2: right? I think uh, the education has grown. You know, we've been educated with our history. Uh, The medical history shows uh, that there are possibly, I think, probably fewer of the kind of injuries you had back then. The players union, uh, they help out. They want to protect one another, hitting down around the, the leg area, the knee area, the kind of blocking in the offensive line and the being able to cut the defensive linemen at their knees. That's been, uh, along with protecting a quarterback, that's been a big role. You know, the good Lord didn't design these bodies to play football necessarily it's awful tough so I I do believe they're protecting the players and it's justifiable the head injuries the leading with the helmet uh, to the head area that's important but the game is so fast man you you know you guys can't help it they're not in and intentionally doing some things out there, but we were actually taught to, to lead with our head and learning to tackle, but with our eyes up, you see. It's a technique when you're tackling called look the lick in. You look it in. If you look it in, that means your eyes are up. That means your head is up, and that means you're protecting your spine. You're protecting the back of your neck. But whenever these guys do lower their head because they're caught in a position, they they do accidentally uh, put themselves in danger and obviously cause uh, injuries to the heads of ball carriers.
0: Joe, you were a great baseball player as well, getting offers from the Yankees, Indians, Reds, Pirates, and Phillies. Do you ever think how good you could have been at baseball? Would you have been better at baseball, or do you think you made the right choice by going to football?
2: I know uh, it was a long time ago, and it's still today. I've been coached to eliminate would have, could have, should have, and yeah, but uh, so would would have, whatever, uh, I've I've been past that baseball. uh, I love baseball. I loved it. I still appreciate it. I watch it. It's changed. So much. And you know what? Uh, the one thing has been on my mind here, Jake and Brian, I'm not looking to cause trouble. But early in the major league season, you guys remember those baseballs were getting doctors. At least that's what uh, we inferred. I'm curious. And I haven't heard any stats here. What were the batting averages of the Major League hitters and the numbers on the home runs as well before Major League Baseball cracked down on a substance, supposedly, and after that? Because I look at these television, uh, a lot of them are highlights, of course, and they're good plays. But I started wondering, have the batting averages changed since the beginning of the season a- after they doctor, after the Major League Baseball exercise, uh, not doctoring it? I haven't seen anyone, heard anyone talk about that.
0: Well, I think they were down. This year, the numbers, cause right? They were down across the board. Hitters just weren't the same. But the, compar- year, the comparison Joe's
1: talking about before they, they got rid of the... Uh, Spider attack, attack and, and stuff yeah. people were people had those numbers right after the change like a couple like three weeks out they're like oh the batting averages are up like joe you're right i haven't seen that since then and my gut is that pitchers adjusted and figured out figured out ways to live without spider attack but I not Garrett cole there's more, there was, there was more no hitters <laughs> this year than ever so like that's that was part of it, uh, Joe. The Mets are looking for a manager. I mean, you could you could still have a career in baseball here if you want to come manage the Mets. Uh, they love you in
2: Queens. They love you
1: in Queens still, Joe. It would be you know, come come manage the Mets.
2: It'd be great. Oh man, that was one of the highlights of my life, being able to share that stadium or letting they being able to let us share that stadium with the Mets because we got to practice with them uh, in the early, you know, during September, they, they were out there and we were able to get in there. And uh, just being around, we don't have Tom Seaver around anymore, but A. G. and, and uh, Casey single, man, that that's where I got to meet Casey. I, and, uh, of course, Yogi Berra. Wow. Uh, that, yeah, we, we used to uh, visit with each other up at that old Shea Stadium lunch counter. <laughs> uh, uh, in the stadium. It did, was cool.
0: Did you guys hang out? You know, the 69 Mets, did you, did they hang out with, the, with you guys at the Jets and the Knicks? Did you all just go out together after wins or celebrating championships together? Because obviously... That was such an incredible time for New York.
2: Well, see, you're right. That was an incredible time, and uh, then you had the Knicks on there too, and uh, that that was cool. But uh, though we didn't, there's a couple of guys lived in Manhattan. A lot of the guys on uh, all three teams lived mostly out in Long Island.
0: Who's got more style, you or Clyde?
2: Oh man, <laughs> Clyde's been consistent. You see. <laughs> he, on the long term, I got I got a favorite, Clyde. You know, he keeps up with things, and uh, I've kind of backed off a little bit <laughs> with the life on beating these last bunch of years. Yeah,
0: but you might have more fur coats. I mean, one of you, I don't. I'm curious which one you still have a big fur <laughs> coat collection at home.
2: <laughs> yeah, you know, when that comes up, I, I got to think about the the, the folks that uh, and I'm one of them too. Uh, have agreed to fall fur. You know, it's fine. I mean. Uh, I, I do uh, protect, try to have all of our animals protected uh, throughout, and I'm glad that we've been able to come up with an artificial uh, kind of fur. But yeah, I do have a, a couple of a few originals uh, hanging in the closet. Joe, is there any, my last one
1: for you, Joe? Any quarterback, young quarterback out there right now that you're really enjoying watching that that you really when he comes on, you really pay attention?
2: Wow. You know, a lot of them just amaze me. Uh, the kid out there in Arizona, the way he gets around and, and has learned to throw, too, with his size. You know, he's at a disadvantage, more so in the pocket than the other guy down there in San Diego. He's got terrific size. It really helps to be taller. without taking anything away from guys that uh, that are not as tall as others but you can see better and a lot of the passes that you're throwing uh in a short area whether it's over the line uh, or even to the outside it helps to have an extra inch or two or three because those defensive linemen uh they get their hands up man. you know they can knock down some passes that would be a A complete pass. But I haven't seen a bad quarterback. I'm talking about all these starters, man. They're sensational. They're really good. I I do marvel at them. Uh, And then at the same time, I say, well, wait a minute. These cats train (laughs) year-round, you know? They have the best nutritional guidance. They have these coaches uh, coaches for life, coaches for business, (laughs) coaches for off the field. They're, They're getting guidance on a consistent basis. So uh, we're looking at people that work really hard and spend uh, the good part of the year and their time doing it. So I think the quarterbacks are better than ever.
0: Joe, how often do you get recognized in the streets? Is its is it every day where you are?
2: Where I am, uh, I feel like I know most everybody in town. We only have about 70,000 people here. I do get to say hello several times. <laughs> yeah. I,
1: I can answer that question, Jake, because I was with Joe one time in New York. Came to the post offices to do an interview with me, and I walked him down to his car, and as we walked out, there was a young man who all of a sudden just like it looked like he saw Santa Claus and Joe, name it, Joe, name it. And he's from Brazil. And he was like, I'm from Brazil. I've heard about you. And Joe and Joe looked at him and said, Hey man, I I knew Pele. I liked Pele. <laughs> you know, he, he automatically, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Joe like automatically found something to connect with a kid from Brazil on. Like it was so impressive. And Joe's just awesome at that. He like connects with people and you see it like, at the Super Bowl, Jake and Radio Row, when Joe goes around, you just see all like there's a lot of stars on Radio Row. Right. But it's different with Joe. People melt when they see Joe and, and men of a certain age really melt like they that's like, you know, seeing Paul McCartney. It's something like that. It, it, so it's, it's a cool thing to be around when you're around it. And I've been around Joe a few times watching it. And it's just really cool. I, I can't I imagine he gets it all day, every day,
2: Jake, when he's out. <laughs> well, I thank you, buddy, because that is a major part of my life, our lives. And, and we like to, a simple thing that I learned, man, when I was a rookie or so, having to catch a plane, uh, it didn't feel right leaving, you know, the people that I had just met. From that time on, especially, you know, I us I, I to feel good with one another something that comes from home i believe you know respect for other people and how you want them to treat yours i think if we all did that and thought about it uh, we'd have a much more cohesive society today
0: joe last one for you ron dugay hosts our rangers podcast and with him we always talk about studio 54 how cool was studio 54 back in the day
2: oh man now rod you, you're talking about a cat that you know he, he I don't know about the attire, but he'll be ranking up there with Clyde, man, when he talk, talks about being a, a ladies' guy or a round man around town. Boy, he, he's special, of course. You had to know the dormant so much. I mean, if you, if you went out after 9 o'clock or, you know, 10 o'clock, there's a line that you uh, really didn't want to stand in for a long time. So if you knew the dormant you had a shot at being able to get in there. And then when you got in, man, it was happening with a lot of people, uh, the music and the dancing and all. It, 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 was, it was the happening place at the time.
0: To be a fly on the wall, guys, back, <laughs> back in the day and see Ron Duguay and Joe Namath out on the dance floor with Cher in one corner, uh, you know, it, it would have been a hell of a time. Joe Namath, follow him on Twitter, at Namath. You've been fun to follow. You've been you've been locked into these games and and the immediate reactions. Um go to Kaz for the news and Nameth for the reactions. And uh if you're in South Florida, go to Charlie and Joe's at Love Street <laughs> in Jupiter. Get yourself a meal. Maybe you'll see Joe at some point. Uh have having a dinner there. Uh Joe, we really appreciate the time and uh let's go Jets.
2: Yeah, go Jets. Nice going, boy. That, that's so much uh, it's always been more fun to win than not and and I tell you uh, I, I got a chance to be with our ownership there a couple of weeks ago, and uh, even the children, man, all of us. We take the losses hard, boy. Uh, it, it's tough. It's miserable for us, but uh, we're going to improve. We're going to get better. As long as we believe in that team improving, uh, things will be more fun.
0: That'll say adios to episode 76, the Jumbo Elliott edition of Gangs All Here, or Jets podcast from the New York Post. Thanks to Brian Munguia for helping me out and producing the show. Subscribe to Gangs All Here on Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star rating, write in a nice review. You can also find us on Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get podcasts. For Brian Costello, I'm Jake Brown. We'll be back on Monday following the Jets game in London
2: against the Falcons. Get another win, make it two, and we'll talk to you Monday.